Hey, what is up? Welcome to this Featured Friday episode here on the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lofermento, and you are in for an absolute treat on this Featured Friday episode. I am interviewing Guven and Ali Arpeja, and they are a married couple here in the United States. Guven has a really cool story about he came, how he came to the United States, and fun fact, I actually grew up with Ali in the suburbs of Boston. They are now married. They run a Turkish textiles company where they sell, I swear to you, the softest Turkish towels that I have ever felt in my entire life. Their product is incredible. Their branding is incredible. Their social media reach is rapidly growing. And it's so cool to see what they're doing from literally scratch. You're going to hear a story of how Ali quit her job, how Guven took what his family had been working on, and they both together turned it into a business, how they figured it out as they've gone, the problems that they're facing, the solutions that they've found, and their ever-going quest to grow their family company. It's called Together Textiles. You definitely wanna check them out. Hop on over to their Instagram at Together Textiles after this podcast episode. Otherwise, tune in, because you are in for a real treat in today's interview with Guven and Ali Arpeja. about today's episode. This is an interview that is long overdue and I've been so excited to welcome Alex and Guven onto today's podcast episode. So Alex and Guven, officially welcome to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. Hi Brian, it's good to be here. Thank you. I'm so pumped to have you guys on. Now, listeners already heard me talk a little bit about you in the intro, but I always love going beyond the bio. So you guys tell your story. Who the heck are you guys? What do you do? Um, this is Guen, and then uh, we are selling some Turkish textile, Turkish towels and robes. Um, currently living in Columbus or trying to move back to Columbus, Ohio. Um, and then this is my, uh, family business for fourth generation. And then we, I am the first person like kind of brought the, this business to United States. Awesome. I love it. So, and by the way, obviously you guys are a duo and I love you both. I know you both personally, which is a huge pleasure of mine. So Alex or Guven, if I cut either of you off at any time, just jump in. Don't be afraid to, to overrule me if one of you wants to say something. I do want to dive in though to your business. Guven, you mentioned it's a family business. I love every single thing about what you guys do from the branding to the products to your story. I love all of it. Your business is called Together Textiles. Governor Alex, one of you, tell us about the origins of this, how it became a family business, and most importantly, how the two of you became involved in this. Yeah, so um, I guess to start off, we'll start with how we started. Um, it was a couple years ago, Guven's mom flew in from Turkey with a gift for our two-year-old niece at the time, and it was this bright purple cotton bathrobe. 
Um, and anything child is so cute, but then a child bathrobe just blew my mind and it was so soft and so functional and they use it at the pool and at the beach and just as a extra layer at home. And I just, I was floored by it. But then what was more shocking was to find out that this was Given's family business. I was like, wait, I've been married to you how long? And I'm just now seeing this product that you guys have been making for four generations. Like, what is this? Um, so that's kind of how we started it. Um, but then a couple months after that, we actually went to Turkey for a friend's wedding. And he took me to see their actual looms at work weaving the fabric. Um, we got to go to the cotton fields. I mean, we've seen every single process. Um, and right there, we designed our first child bathrobe. And when we came back, we launched on Amazon right away. So that's kind of how the business started. I love that. And for people who are not aware... Fun side story, which Alex, I think this is the first time in my podcast history I can say this. So Alex and I actually grew up together. We've known each other since we were kids and Alex does not come from an entrepreneurial background. Guven, obviously your family has been doing this for generations. Talk to me about the entrepreneurial beginnings. How the heck did you two look at each other after you're already married and say, wait, maybe, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should quit our full-time jobs and do this as a business. Yeah, so as you said, it's kind of funny because um, her, like her family and her background is all coming from a corporate, you know, lifestyle, and she never thought about like you know building her own business. And then when I came to the states seven years ago, um, so we started living together, and then after we were dating, and then I was telling her all the time that I want to do my own business, I want to do my own business, and then she was telling me like, why do you want your own business? Like she didn't get it. She didn't understand. And then she was trying to, you know, make me work for corporate. And then, like, <laughs> she was like, she was telling me you're going to be a CEO. And then like, <laughs> you know, we are going to get retired when you're 65, 70. And then we're going to have great life after that. And I was like, no, I want to have a great life right now. Like I want to do my own business. And then, you know, I don't want to work for anybody else. This is my culture. You know, that's how I grow up. Uh, but of course, like I listened to her and then I started working corporate. <laughs> she 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 won and then um after like three years i was like okay i'm done i cannot do this anymore like i'm gonna i want to do my own business and then she wasn't like so happy too she was working for jp morgan chase and then she told me that like you know like let's let's try it after she saw that product i was like what do you mean you don't know this product it's like turkish towel she was like i have no idea we i never seen anything like this before and then I said, this is my family business. Like, we make this in my hometown. Like, everyone's doing like this. Um, and then, so we went to Turkey, and then she saw it. And then we liked one product. We designed it. And then and then we started. We quit our jobs, and then we just, like, dive in. That's incredible. And Guven, I know you made it sound so easy, but as an, a fellow entrepreneur and as someone who has loved watching the two of you and your journey, I know that it's not as easy and straightforward as it sometimes hears on podcast episodes, which is why I'm really excited for listeners to get to go deep with you both in today's episode. So let's talk about the nitty gritty. You guys sell, honestly, 
until the day that I touched one of your products. I think it was a towel that I touched. And I was just like, holy cow, this stuff is incredible quality. I, I have never experienced stuff like this in any store in the United States. So your stuff speaks for itself. And obviously it's something that your family has mastered over the generations, but let's talk about it. So you have this product, you have towels, you have robes, you have different textile products. And you. what do you do? I'm not even gonna say you put, throw it on Amazon because I wanna go back to what the heck did you guys do? What was your first approach of, well, how do we go ahead and sell these things now? Yeah, so um, our very first idea was Amazon. Our dream was um, we thought that we could just put this product on Amazon. We would get, you know, 25 to 50 orders a day and we would just sit back and package these um, items. So that was the goal. And it did not happen. <laughs> um, we put it on Amazon. It was one, well, it was six SKUs because there were different sizes, but it was the exact same product. Um, and it didn't sell. And we were paying a lot of money to Amazon and we weren't figuring out the formula fast enough um, while we were working our full time jobs. So we took it off Amazon and we were like, OK, let's um, let's bring this straight to the customer. Let's start going to these shows um, and see if it sells in person and see if we can sell it. Um, so that was kind of our next step. So we got a couple of boxes of samples. So nothing, there was nothing alike. It was all just sample textiles. Um, and it was a mix of everything you can imagine. We went to two shows and sold hardly anything. And we were pretty down. We were like, man, I don't know. <laughs> like maybe, maybe we're not onto something here. But then we went to our third show. Um, our third show was in Cleveland, Ohio. It was a three-day show. And the first night, we almost sold out of everything our first night that we had. Um, and we still had two more days to present our product. And we were like, oh, like here, we found our customer. We were like, oh my gosh, they, they found us, we found them. And we were so excited and so thrilled. And from there, um, our shows and our markets, we just continued to increase them um, and target that same customer um, and then it's grown organically from there. I love that. So take us through your timeline. So obviously you did your first in-person show, figured uh -huh. out it's not so easy. And then you guys really hit a home run and almost sold out at a show. Take us through the timeline from there. Like from there, was it just gravy train? You guys open the refrigerator every single day and money falls out or was it, obviously this is a lead in question, or was it more of a struggle after that? You still had more obstacles to face. Walk us through that timeline. So yeah, it's uh, obviously like our, it's kind of crazy. So we, we were always like talking about like after she saw that product and liked it so much. And then we were like, you know, let's do it, let's do it. And then we always like put timeline, like, okay, let's save $50,000 and then like start our own business or let's buy a house and then start our own business. Like we always like put like some stuff um, in front of us. And then one day I was just like, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't care. We're not gonna able to save money. We're not gonna able to buy a house, but we want to try it. And then let's just like use our credit cards. So, and then um, our first order actually we didn't have like enough cash. And then I asked my mom to pay our first order, so she paid it, and then we sold it. And then with that money, we bought more more inventory. So that's kind of like how it like started. And then uh, we started going to shows um in 2018 we went like over um i don't know like kind of like about 
10 shows. It was holiday season. It was holiday season. And then we also had a baby, like the first baby. So we were like kind of, you know, with the baby and then we have full-time job. So plus we are going to shows. And then at the end of the year, 2018, like we looked at it and then we're like, hey, like we're we are selling. Like we are, this is, you know, this is working. People like our products. And then we decided to do it full-time. So at the end of 2018, we quit our jobs, full-time jobs. And then 2019, it was our first year to do it like full time so we went over 40 shows uh including two wholesale shows in new york city and then um started like build our website start selling online like wholesale and then directly to the customer and then yeah that was 2019 and then 2020 you know it was a crazy year but uh we went to turkey for um vacation in february and then our return flight canceled so we ended up staying in turkey for seven months and we came back in September and um, started again, but selling online mostly. Nice. I love to hear. And for listeners who are listening to this, I don't think they fully understand the work and the hustle and the preparation and the hours and the labor that go into going to these shows. And you guys were driving all across the country. You were literally packing your van and doing shows in New York City, doing shows in Los Angeles. I was lucky enough to see you guys at a market in Venice Beach, California. So it's so cool seeing you guys do that. But that's a ton of work, including packing the van, including bringing Bringing everything across the country and by the way for listeners you guys are parents you have two kids what are some of the the inflection points what are some of the points in your journey where you realize holy cow like this is working we need to do more of this or what was one breakthrough moment that made you realize yeah this is the way that we have to do it yeah, so I mean, at the start of 2019, we were excited because Guven had just become an official U.S. citizen. So we decided, let's road trip this business across the U.S. Let's take this as far as we can and see everything. And we had our one-year-old, and I was actually pregnant at the time with our second. Um, so we did. We packed our. We bought a van, <laughs> and then we packed it. Um, with all of our product, you can imagine, because we also were doing some online sales. So we had our online inventory with us. We had our sale inventory, our tent, I mean, everything. And I couldn't help with anything because I was pregnant. So I couldn't lift anything. So Yuven was really the muscle. Um, and I was kind of more of the mom and the brain <laughs> behind it. And we scheduled as many shows as we could. Um, we ended up um, exhibiting in five different states last year. Um, and it was hard. I mean, 46 shows in 52 weeks. Um, it was so much travel, a ton of expenses. And we realized pretty quick that not every show um, had our target customer or our dream customer. Um, so we weren't very successful during our cross-country trip. Um, and, but what we were successful at was our network. We grew a ginormous network of small business owners that were hustling, doing the same thing from different places, um, have been doing it different amounts of time. Um, and we grew this network that we call our family now. Um, so that was our biggest success from that cross-country trip um, where what we learned from the people. Um, and then when we got back to Ohio, we realized that we were very unique 
in the Midwest. So when we went to Venice Beach, there were actually three other Turkish textile vendors at the same show as us, which we were not used to. Um, in Ohio, we're the only one. Um, so when we got back to Ohio, we were really excited to focus on the Midwest. We really realized, you know, we are extremely unique here. We need to focus on educating our customers about why they need our product, what they're going to use it for. Um, and then, yeah, so we decided to stay with shows around here. That's awesome. And yeah, definitely different geographical areas. One thing that stands out to me is you've mentioned a couple of times now the importance and the the growth that you had happen once you really honed in on who your ideal customer was. Now, obviously I'm a huge fan of knowing and understanding your ideal customer. I preach it all the time on this podcast, but I wanna talk to you guys. Who is your ideal customer? Who isn't your ideal customer? And how has that tangibly helped you when it comes to growing your business? Um, so because we've really grown this business as um, face-to-face and meeting our customer, we found that our customer is really similar to us. <laughs> they um, love coffee. They love, um, they love traveling. They love multi-purpose items. They love minimalism, something that they can use for um, one thing for more than one thing, um, and quality product. Um, they're not afraid to spend some money on something that's quality versus something that they're only going to use a few times. Um, so we found that the more we studied our customer, the more they became our friends and the more we realized we're all very similar. So we kind of built this um, branding and this um, life, kind of a lifestyle and a community. Yeah, I love hearing that. And I love how for every single one of you who's listening, go back and listen to Alex's answer there because the way that she said it, it's incredible for me to hear it because as someone who went and visited their exhibition in Venice Beach, California a couple of years ago, it's exactly the pitch that I heard Alex giving people who came into their tent area where she was like, yeah, I mean, this is a throw blanket, but you could also use it for this. And if you've got a baby, you could use it for this. And it was so <laughs> cool seeing that multi-use. So Alex, huge kudos to you. You definitely know your customer and I love hearing that. But talk about the evolution of finding your customer because I know it didn't happen overnight for you guys. What were you doing wrong in your sales approach up front? So um, it was kind of like an education too when we were um, selling the products. Like, you know, as she said, like she didn't know this product in the United States. Like she didn't use Turkish towel, but in, in Turkey, like, we have been using this for, like, over 500 years. Like, this is a culture. Like, when you go to Turkish bath, like, hammam, they give you this towel to cover your body because it's so hot inside. You don't want, like, terry cloth, like, thick towel. This is, like, you know, dry fast and then lightweight. And then um, going to shows, like, people were, like, asking, like, oh, what is this? And then we were, like, explaining, like, every time, like, kind of educating people and then, like, kind of selling the culture, too. And then going to show that customers like buying it and then using for other stuff and then coming back and then telling me that, like, oh, actually, I use this one in Ohio. You know, obviously, it's cold, but I'm, used this, I'm using this one as a scarf because it's so light. And then wintertime, it's scarf. And then summertime, it's my uh, beach towel. I was like, man, like, I never thought about it in <laughs> Turkey because we, you know, we don't have winter like so much. We never use it as a, like, people would be like, laugh laughing if, at you if you use this one as a scarf in turkey but in here it's actually like oh like and then i started using it too i was like it's perfect and then we had a baby and then we started using it as a baby blanket 
a throw blanket, like so many things that we learn from our customers and then like kind of re-educate them, they educate us. So kind of adapt our products to the United States. And then um, that's how kind of like uh, we kind of educate ourselves about the customers and then the products in the United States. Guven, I love that answer for one big reason. And it's because so many entrepreneurs think that they need to have all the answers. We as entrepreneurs, we like to trick ourselves into believing, I need to find these answers. I need to do more research. I need to do more market testing. I need to do all these things. But the truth is so often we find that our customers are the ones that give us those answers. So Guven, I love and appreciate those insights. That's huge for every single entrepreneur and entrepreneur who's listening, which is take the pressure off of yourself. Listen to your customers, talk to them. They're the ones who have the answers. And the next thing I want to dive into, because we've kind of touched on this, you guys have mentioned it a few times, which is you sell your products through a lot of different avenues. We've talked about going to shows. We've talked about Amazon. We've talked about just e-commerce through your own website. Talk to me about the progression there. So obviously you started getting traction by going to shows. Where did you expand into from there? There. Where do the majority of your sales come through? I'd love to hear some more statistics and the evolution of those things from you guys. Okay, so um, what happened is uh, when we started, we wanted to sell it on Amazon. And then um, we didn't have kind of budget to kind of do advertisement or like inventory or different products. And we didn't have like so much time to. Um, so we put on our products on amazon and then we thought it was gonna sell and then it wasn't selling like we were getting like couple orders a week and then i was like, okay this is not gonna work like this and then we started going to shows and then we were you know like making money from the shows and i was like okay this is great 2018 and then 2019 you know like we went over 40 shows and um and then like online and then the wholesale too but um, honestly, like our 80% of our sales were, uh, was, um, the shows like direct to the customers, like face to face in 2019, 2019. Yeah. 80%. And then 15% was, um, the wholesale and then only 5% was online. So, which is like really bad. Um, <laughs> but like we were like making money from the shows, but it's, as you said, it's so hard, like hustle, like go shows, like unload the you know, like van and then load it, like set up, tear down. It's really hard. We always wanted to do the online, but we didn't, I, we always thought that like, you know, okay, we don't have enough money. Like we don't have budget. Like we need a good photography. Like we need like a branding time, time inventory. <laughs> <We> need time. <laughs> but what happened is, so 2019, when we close it like that, we, our goal was like 2020. Okay. Like we have to sell online. So when we went to Turkey for seven weeks, it was our goal to stay seven weeks and then like kind of build our collection, like create a new collection for the online. Um, and then like we want to do like kind of 50%, increase our online sales to 50% and then go to less shows and then sell more online and then the wholesale. Um, but, you know, because of the COVID, obviously we were in Turkey for seven months and then we couldn't manage the operations in the United States, like the online sales too. But right now, so far after we came back from uh, Turkey, right now, um, our, like probably 90% of our sales is online. And um, we are really happy about it. We liked it so much. So we are going to like, we decided, okay, like we'll invest more 
time, money, and then all, all the platforms. Like this is doable. Like we, right now, we believe it, and then we want to continue the the online sales platform. I love that, Guven. You just listed out a ton of excuses that you could have, and that you guys probably had at certain points. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough money. We don't have the right photography. We don't have this. We don't have that. What were some of the excuses that you guys were throwing out, either individually or collectively? And what's the truth that you found? Because obviously you've shattered through a lot of those excuses. Give us kind of, especially for people who aren't as far along as you are right now, give us a way that you broke through that and said, no, these are BS excuses. We just got to take action and kick some butt. I think the biggest thing for us was um, the photography, the branding and the web design. Um, That was our biggest holdup. We felt like Either we didn't know the right photographer that we wanted to work with or we didn't have enough money to pay them. Um, We wanted someone that could also like keep our message consistent and with the branding and and just all of that. We needed really consistency and we just we felt like we didn't know the person and we didn't have the money to pay them. Um, And we got lucky that holiday season where we were first successful in our in shows, um, we were talking to a customer who had a camera wrapped around their neck. Um, she had bought from us the year before when we weren't so successful, but she came back to buy gifts for everyone she knew. Um, and we asked her, Hey, are, are you a photographer? Um, and she was like, yeah, I actually do branding and website and I do it all. And I'll, I'll create a package. I'm so obsessed with your product. Um, and we paid her with a credit card. Um, and that's, that's how we did it. I mean, it was, it, it was kind of fate because she already knew our product. She'd been using it for over a year, came back for more. Um, so she was the perfect person to partner with and it was kind of that perfect timing and she took credit card. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's a fortunate series of circumstances, but what I hear when I hear you tell that story, Alex, is that. That only happened because you were in the game, because even though you had those excuses, even though you had those lack of resources, you still said, you know what, we're going to keep showing up. And again, by serving your customers, by putting out awesome stuff, it served you well in the long run. And I'm not surprised because that's what happens when you do good things. So I love to hear that story from you. I want to ask you guys this question, though, because obviously I have the luxury of knowing you guys and the great privilege of knowing you guys. But for listeners who are listening to this and they're just like, this is so cool. Like Alex and Guven, they're married, they're driving around the country, they've got two kids, they're running this awesome business, they're starting to get sales online. Obviously, reality is not always what we see externally. So talk to me about what a typical day looks like for you guys. <laughs> okay. So a typical day, I mean, we are full-time parents. Um, we say like full-time life partners and full-time in business. So um we don't get a lot of time to talk. We kind of have teams. I've got the youngest and he's got our oldest. Um, he does all of our online sales fulfillment. So he's usually at the warehouse for part of the day um, while I watch the girls. And then our business meetings happen via WhatsApp text after the girls go to bed because we sleep in separate rooms. <laughs> so all of our business meetings, strategies, customer service issues, I mean, anything that's business related happens via text. Um, and, and we solve whatever fire comes. 
our way. Um, so that's kind of a typical day. But then, you know, sometimes we have our shows. So we have a show this weekend. Um, and that's what we love. We love standing in front of our customers. Um, and we didn't get to do that enough this year. So we've got a show in Cincinnati, which is why we're in Ohio right now. Um, so we'll be unloading the van, loading the van, setting up, tearing down, um, and chatting face-to-face with our customers this weekend. And um, family always watches the girls. So we've got one girl in Wisconsin and one girl in Ohio right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And I'm sure that your parents also love getting to play grandparents. So that's yes. very cool as well. <laughs> I want to ask you guys, this is interesting. I think you might be in almost 400 episodes of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. You are potentially the first married couple in business that I'm interviewing. So I want to ask you, you guys what is it to work what is it like to work with your spouse um it's kind of funny because uh when i came to the states um so i met ellie i call her ellie you call her alex but <laughs> she became alex after college ellie um so i met her in the store she used to work in retail and then i liked her energy so much and i i I told myself, like, I want to work with this girl. Like, I want to hire her, like, forever. Like, she should be in my team. And then, um, basically, like, kind of, like, I wanted to work with her. And, like, right now we are working together. But we are married at the same time uh, because I like her energy. And we always, like, respect each other. Like, when we have, like, even we have, like, different opinions. Like, we always, like, listen to each other and then, like, kind of take some time and then, like, think about it. And then, like, okay, you're right. You're right. Like, no ego or, like, we don't have like, you know, okay, I'm right always some, like, we don't have that. Um, so that's why we are actually like having so much fun when we're working, like, especially at the shows. And then uh, we are, we are both like good sales people. And then when we go to shows, like we both say, sell and then engage the customers and then, you know, become friends and then build network with the other small businesses and then when we have online sales at home, like we party, like do like dance party, like after like every single like online sales too. So it's kind of like we work together, but we have fun and then we're always together. Um, I, I love it. I love it because we are we are 24-7 all the time with our family too. Yeah, and it's great for me to hear. It puts a big smile on my face because knowing you two personally, it's just, you're right, Guven, you said the magic word, which is your energy. And just being around the two of you, it's immediately apparent how good your energy is. And it's funny you mentioned it, Guven. I, I said to myself before we hit record today, I was like, don't call her Alex. It's Allie now. But <laughs> old habits die hard, I guess. So, <laughs> so Alex or Allie, I'll pose you the next question. What what are some of the biggest obstacles that you guys found yourself facing when you first started out? And let's contrast that to the types of problems that you guys are facing now. Tell us the differences between those sets of problems. Yeah, um, the beginning, I think our biggest problem was money. Um, I think it's most people's problem is money. We couldn't find it. We didn't know how to find it. Um, we didn't know how much we needed. Like we, we just, I mean, I was completely lost. Um, and I think that we realized quickly that, you know, why are we saving for retirement when we don't plan to retire? Why are we, we kept finding money, um, or, um, finding ways to find money. We got a small business loan. Um, we got a grant. Um, we, there are ways. So we just thought 
that they were big roadblocks in the beginning. But then as we kept researching and as we kept thinking about it, we actually kept finding the amount of money we needed to at least get started and then keep going and then reinvest that money. Um, so it wasn't like we just stumbled upon everything that we needed, but we, um, as we needed to make a big pivot or a big purchase, um, we did, we, we found it and we cashed in the retirements and, um, we applied for those grants we thought we'd never get. Um, so that was kind of our biggest, our biggest beginning obstacle. Cool. And contrast that to the obstacles that you guys face now. I don't know. I, um, I think it's still money. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about that. Money for what? Because obviously up front, you guys really wanted photography. You really right. wanted to establish your brand. What sort of money crunches you feel now? Like, where do you want to be investing and expanding? Um, I think right now it's um, inventory. So inventory management um, and um, money to design new. So um, these looms that we use are antique. I mean, they're over a hundred years old. It is very manual process um, to actually string the looms for the product. So the moment we want to design something new, that means you're taking every string off of this giant um, machinery and then restringing it and hoping that the design you came up with turns out and the quality is enough to withstand stand washing machines. Um, otherwise all that work is gone. So, um, so to have the money to pay, um, the people to actually do that work for us, test the product, um, and then create new is, um, and then create enough because these machines are not fast. This is not a machine that's, you know, spitting towels out. Um, the process, it takes a long time for this type of quality. Um, so having the money to special order things, um, is really expensive. Yeah, for sure. And it's fun, though, hearing the differences that now your your biggest struggle is, gosh, how do we invest the time? How do we have the resources to come out with new products? Whereas up front, it was, how the heck do we actually grow a business? And now you guys have real life customers, people who not only love buying your products, but they love what you guys do. They love you guys. It's so cool to see you guys grow along this journey. And I'll tell you what, we've only touched the tip of the iceberg. I'm totally going to peer pressure you guys to come on for another episode, but I always like to close out these guest interviews by asking, and you guys get a bonus one today, all of you listeners, you're going to get two tips today because I'm going to put Guven and Ali on the spot and ask them each to give you a tip where you guys, my question to you is what is your biggest tip for newer entrepreneurs who are waiting on the sidelines to get started or they just started and they want to start growing a business? Yeah, for me, I think like don't wait, you know, like don't wait your don't waste your time. We always like thought that like, okay, you know, I told you before, if we have certain money, like we'll start our own business or if we, you know, hit this line, we're going to do it. Like, and then one day I was like, okay, just let's do it. Like, let's use our credit cards. We believe this, do it. If we cannot, you know, if we cannot make it, we're going to pay our credit cards. Like we can always like work somewhere else or like, you know, like try something else and then like pay those like debts. So like, if you want to do something, like if you believe in something, like just just do it. Like don't waste your time. Give everything, and then um, succeed or fail. Yeah, and then go ex- again. <laughs> exactly. That's that's my uh, biggest advice. 
I love it. Really good advice, Guven. Allie, that means you're on the spot because Guven took all the good stuff. <laughs> no, um, he didn't take mine, so I'm excited. <laughs> um, mine, it, it's so, I changed a lot. I've grown a lot because like Guven said, when I first met him, I was extremely corporate minded. I was climbing that ladder. I was extremely successful in my short time um, in in my field. And I had a very competitive personality. I was one of those, I can do it all by myself. I'm not going to ask for help. Um, and I'm not going to tell you the right answer if you ask me for help either. I was extremely secretive. Um, and when we started this business, um, Guven opened my eyes to um, the fact that, you know, we can't do this alone, actually. And the small business world is very open um, and they want you to succeed, too. We're kind of all in this together um, and you don't have to learn your mistakes by yourself. You can learn the mistakes from other people and then grow without having to do it yourself. You can skip all of that. Um, so that was my biggest um, eye-opening experience. And it changed my life when I stopped being secretive. I stopped being so competitive with my com competition um, and befriended them and shared and asked questions. And I was so shocked at how open and honest they were back with me. Um, and I think I have deeper relationships now than I've ever had in my life. Heck yes. Music to my ears. Words of wisdom from both of you in two very different avenues. So Guven says, do not wait. Start right now. It's never too early to start. You're always going to be waiting for some resources or for some situation, but just dive in. And Ali wisely pointed out, entrepreneurs are stronger together. A rising tide lifts all boats. You don't have to and you shouldn't be doing things alone. So I love to hear that. You guys have been incredible I'm so excited to have you on the show again in the very near future, but I do want to open up the floor to you to let listeners know where they can learn more about you, Together Textiles, maybe some links or your social media. Let them know where to find all that good stuff. Yeah, so we do have our online store. It's togethertextiles.com. On social media, we are at Together Textiles. Um, you can also find us on Etsy um, and Pinterest, and um, that's it. All right, awesome. Guven and Ali, thank you so much for coming on to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. I can't wait to do it again soon. Thank you. I can't wait either. I know. We were so honored during our 12-hour drive yesterday. We um, binged on um, the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast, so we are so honored to be a part of it. Yes, thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening to the Wantrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast with your host, Brian Lofermento. For show notes and to get a free copy of Brian's book, visit us online at thewantrepreneurshow.com.